Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. Uh, I, we really appreciate you joining us. Always fantastic. I am your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined for the first time by... <laughs> am I now the big mush? Officially? You are the big mush. All right. The big mush right here. At big so, mush. So for those of you who uh, don't follow us on Twitter, we, uh, we took a poll... And uh, essentially, it was to poke a little fun at my podcast host because he denounced his <laughs> Illinois fandom. Well, I would say that. I no. basically said I'm following Indiana for the rest of the year. Correct. But just the mere nudge away from that's Illinois. All it took, man. That's all it took. And Illinois rips off one of, if not the biggest win in program history. Yeah, it, it was. And, and I would say big win isn't the right word because Illinois is like so, yeah, won Big Ten championships and stuff like let's that. Let's talk about that. Big win versus like exhilarating win. I right. Can t- so it's not near the biggest no, win in pro. No. I mean, Illinois has 15 Big Ten championships. Correct. You can pick many games that are bigger. But, you know, I can go back to like the 2001 season when we won the Big Ten. You know, believe it or not, Illinois won the Big Ten in 2001. And I was at some big games. Like Penn State was a night game that year. And, and we won, beat a good Penn State team. And it was awesome. But there is no more exhilarating feeling than the feeling that I had yesterday beating Wisconsin, like the most unlikely of wins that like this juggernaut that seems invincible and unbeatable and to actually pull it off. Like, you know, you see these, these upsets one, there's usually a couple big upsets every year. I mean, this is the biggest upset of the year, right? By far. Not even close. Not even close. Yeah. And I always think, man, why can't it just be us once? Well, here it is. And I can tell you, I mean, it, it feels better than a big win. It really does. Right. It was it, it, totally amazing feeling. I'm still high from it. Like, and I can't even w- wait for the rest of the week to listen to all the talk radio out of Champagne that I listen to. You know, normally, yeah, it's actually going to be fun this week. It'll sound like they're drunk on air. Probably. Oh my god, I can't wait. It's going to be <laughs> congrats, awesome. buddy. Speaking of drunk on air, did you hear the the Barnhart and O'Donnell call of the the final kick? They it was it's been all over yep. Twitter. Yeah. Oh man, it was just great. Those yep. guys were just loving yep. it. Absolutely. Martin O'Donnell was, played for Illinois. He was on that 2001 team. He was an All-American um and he was just unbridled he, joy. Yes, it was. God, <laughs> it what a happens day. very rarely. What a day. One of the best days <laughs> I've right. had in a long, long time. And believe it or not, we're not even done talking about that game. We'll get right. back into it, but uh anyways, congrats, buddy. Oh, thanks, um, man. And I'm happy for you. And I'm repping uh, my line eye stuff. I see. So you, I I repping good. I I went out after the game and partied it up and I was running into Gopher fans that were high-fiving me. Just <laughs> with the Illinois just gear. Just see me wear the Illinois gear. Yep. They're like, "Yeah, the high-five." I would me. say any Gopher or Iowa fan Nebraska probably yeah, yeah. is going to be highlighting an Illinois fan. There was a lot of thank yous I saw thrown out from Twitter towards Illinois fans. So yeah, good there, stuff. There were. All right, should we work, go to the weekly Eisman? Yeah, let's jump into the Eisman here. So the, the one performance that really stood out to me, one of them, I guess, David Bell. He was insane. He was catching balls at will against Iowa. It's yes. just like, how far do I want this reception to go for it? He, he was unguardable. Back shoulder, diving, guy in his face, didn't matter. It, it was incredible. He was absolutely shredding the Iowa defense. 13 catches, 197 yards, and a touchdown. Of course, Justin Fields was Justin Fields, 18 to 23, 194, four touches. Going along with J.K. Dobbins had another big game, as always, 18 carries, 120 yards, touchdown. Jake Hansen, my God, we don't mention a lot of defensive guys, 11 tackles, two forced fumbles, and a sack, including that big one, Towards the end of the game on, on Jonathan Taylor, he had an amazing game. Walter Camp, Defensive Player of the Week. Of the so, week, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a great performance. But we're going to give it to the Nits. Yep. We're going to give the, the Nits the nod here. The duo of Sean Clifford, K.J. Hamler, which was really the difference in that that Penn State-Michigan game, the whiteout at Beaver Stadium. Sean Clifford was 14-25, 182 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. K.J. Hamler. Six catches, 108 yards, two touchdowns, had that big kickoff return called back as well. That guy's amazing. So, so Sean Clifford also a touchdown on the ground, too, which right. was a huge play. So I just thought it was cool that uh, I didn't really realize till that game. Um, they've known each other I since didn't know that camps either. that yeah. they basically were best friends before they even got on campus together. So big, uh, big night for those guys. It was cool to see. Yeah, that was awesome. Okay. Great game, too. All right, man. Should we get right into the games? Yes. All right. So... Uh, once again, Nebraska and Michigan State were idle this past weekend. We started the weekend out on Friday, October 18th. Ohio State 52, Northwestern 
three. The Buckeyes with 480 yards of total offense. The Wildcats with it was actually 199, but we'll just we'll just say 200. Let's round just it to, up just to try to help them out. A little bit. Um, two significant figures on that one. Yeah. Uh, two turnovers by Northwestern as well. Uh, when we broke down this game last week, we kind of looked at it and said, what could we possibly look at with this game that would give us an inkling of hope that Northwestern would win it? Or mm-hmm. That's pretty much what played out on Friday night. Well, we, we th- the thing that Fitzgerald is great at is just mucking the game up, right? There was no muck here. There was no chance to muck. He somehow Ryan Day has like, you know, surpassed that 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 fitziness. We kind like, of talked about that on it, the last pod, which is tough to do. It's almost impervious the fitziness. Yeah, but there was no mucking, man. They no. just this was this one was over early. Um, I, I'm going to make a statement. I don't know if this is just kind of a unnecessary hill to go out and die on, but I think Ohio State was actually kind of flat. Well, the, the well okay, so let's let's that's go how, there. That's how crazy. Let's this go is. there though, because you saw, you know, every team has a weakness, right? You started to see maybe a little bit of chinks in the armor with with with, with kind of not run, being able to run the ball great, and also um, uh, uh, defending their on themselves. I mean, Nor- Northwestern yeah. was. They were kind of lining up. It was more of a quick draw game that they had going, um, you know, uh, drop back, get it off to one of their running backs. They, mm-hmm. they, they did. They had success. And they let's did. be honest here. Okay. It's <laughs> it's not like Northwestern doesn't have a good defense. They, do, yeah. they have a very, very above average defense. I would call it a good defense. They're stout in the front seven against the run. Like you, yeah. you have to play well to move the ball against them. That that defense showed up at, it at times against Ohio State. It's just not enough. No. I mean, you you have to have a complete team in order to just stay with Ohio State for three, four quarters, let alone beat them. And they're, you know, there just isn't enough pop, obviously, on the other side of the on the, on the offensive side of the ball for Northwestern. Um uh, Justin Fields, I mean it's crazy. He winds up with only 194 yards yeah. of passing because they're just such quick uh, uh, scores. And then um, um, their defense got their offense, the ball on the short side of the field so much, there, there just wasn't a need for no. big plays. But the one thing that I felt like this was the first game, this is something that really sunk in my head for me with Justin Fields, is we had questioned, okay, is he going to be an accurate enough passer, find the holes in the zones, you know, things like mm. that. I have extreme confidence with him I do to too. just he can he can scan the field and yes, find his guys. I, yeah. I mean, I mean, right he's now got, he's got not just the physical skills; he's got the mental skills to be a great quarterback. You know what I mean? Where you just think, okay, he can make the throws where he's just bombing it down the field. He can certainly make those throws, <laughs> yes. but he can make them looking over the field. I, and then of he's course, good. he can run the ball too. I so they were getting into Gushin, I guess. a lot of third and longs early. So I was impressed with Northwestern um, to to force that. Um, but you know, in the end, the, 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 the talent, you know, difference was just too much. Now I'm looking at Northwestern here. I don't even recognize this team in some ways. Some of the mental errors, penalties, turnovers, turnovers. this is just not the same team. No, I agree. And, and to, I, I hate just, you know, pounding on this, but they just have nothing offensively. Yeah. No, I mean, there's a solid running back. Don't get me wrong, but they just have no. Playmakers on the outside for sure. And, you know, we had kind of talked about it before the game that the Northwestern wide receivers matching up against the Ohio State de- defensive backs is just, it's not even fair. Nope. It was not. I mean, Aiden Smith, six of 20 for 42 yards. After the game, Fitzgerald didn't even seem angry. No. It was like, uh, it's like, well, we had to come here and play this game. Yeah. So it's over with. Now we can go on with the rest of our season. It was like, uh, it was like when the anchor man came home and he was like, you, Ate a wheel of cheese and pooped in the fridge. I'm, I'm not even upset. I'm I'm impressed. I'm impressed. That was like Fitzgerald's Baxter. reaction. <laughs> that was that was like Fitzgerald's reaction to Baxter when he when he pretty came much. home. Yeah, yeah, it's like, what am I supposed to do? That's pretty appropriate. All right, we could go on and on with Ohio State to a certain degree with Northwestern. We'll move on with the win. Ohio State moves to seven and zero. Northwestern falls to one and five overall. Zero and four. In the Big Ten. That hurts. This is their worst start, I think, since 92. 
two, okay. I believe. So the pre-good um, years. Yeah, pre-good years. Yeah. But Ohio State, one more thing about Ohio State is when are they going to have their off game? I mean, you mentioned it kind of, they at times they didn't look great here, but this 52-3 to three is not an off game. No. Every or... team has an off game, right? I hear you. We're going to see it at some point. Yeah, but it's not even, they haven't even sniffed it yet. Well, the rest of the Big Ten better hope it happens pretty soon. Yeah. All right, so that moves us into Saturday, October 19th, uh, two 11 o'clock a.m. games. We'll start with this one first. Iowa 26, Purdue 20. The Hawks with 362 yards of offense. Purdue, 360 yards of offense. What yeah, do you think? Pretty evenly matched game. I'm proud of Purdue for the way they fought. Still, I just want to know what the hell is going on with Iowa's offense. Yeah, we, we don't know. And so who are the fans blaming, I guess? I would say pretty much the Ferences to the a certain degree. I mean, the, the whole thing is always the offensive coordinator. That's any fan base, right? You get frustrated with the offensive coordinator. Uh, obviously, the connection between father and son in this case. And then uh, people think just kind of the overall uh, uh, reach or thought process of Kirk Ferentz that he has on the entire program. Obviously, the offense is part of that. So they kind of always get lumped in together. Mm-hmm. Um I rewatched the game, uh, slowed things down to try to see some stuff, you know, and I'll say it again. There is blame to be spread around Um, play calling. Certainly Nate Stanley, certainly interior offensive line. Yes. I mean, it is like one of those deals where somebody takes a uh, it's their turn to just screw something little up. Um, And and it's a big deal when you go from. Uh, I wonder how many times it was like second and thir- three or four. So you're on schedule, yep. right? And then either a bad play call or something wrong execution. Then you're right into third and four. And then the drive just starts snowballing. Yep. That's, that's a lot of what it was, yeah, but, but there's no doubt that overall scheme <laughs> is an issue. Okay. I, I'm laughing now. I'm, I'm laughing away the tears because again, it's just another Iowa team that is, well put together. The defense is good. The special yeah. teams are solid. Weird thing, Nate Stanley is leading the Big Ten in passing yards right is now. Is he really? Isn't that crazy? Boy, I didn't know that. Um, but, I mean, in this game, he threw 33 times. Again, but honestly, 23 for 33. Not a 260 game. yards. One kind of sloppy pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying it's... it's It just it doesn't jump off the stat line good or bad. It, it just... No. It's just too many passing attempts. Yeah, well, speaking of passing attempts, Oof. 50 out of Purdue. My God, they, yeah. they don't even try to run the ball anymore. 33 rushing yards on the game. Um, Plummer looked good. Jack Plummer is. Well, I tell you what, all those freshmen. For the most good. part, he looked good. Plummer looks pretty damn good. He threw a couple picks. There was, or, I mean, or he, one pick. I'm sorry, one one bad pick. Yeah. Deep, deep in Iowa territory. He was pretty much hot most of the first half. He went dead the all the third quarter into the fourth quarter. And then got hot at the end of the game again. And we mentioned David Bell. Yeah. My, my Lord. He's what, not even healthy. That's the thing. Can you imagine him and Rondale Moore next year? It could still happen this year. Or this year. Maybe later this year. But even like Ahmad Anderson, Milton Wright, they've got studs and, everywhere. And Durham, the tight end, is a freshman too. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Those, th- this team is going to be sta- – if they can get a running game going for next year, this team is going to be dangerous. Yeah, and I think it'll pretty much come on. They'll be okay in the running game. They just need to get their offensive line back and healthy. I mean, that's been beat up as well. Um, I'd like to say that the defense showed up and played inspired defense, but I, I just believe most of that was assisted by the Iowa offense. You think that's more Iowa offense than that? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any question about it. But I just, again, um, we you know we give Brom a little bit of hard time on the pod, um, but he coaches hard. That that is shown, you know, over and over on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. The you know the typically like the Big Ten career. This was an ESPN two career. They're going to show Brom chewing chewing ass, you know, a little bit. But I tell you what, the team has took on his don't give up, keep fighting persona. Absolutely have. In fact. I would say, despite only having two wins this year, I'm impressed with the coaching job he's doing. I am too. It's it, and I tell you what, their their schedule lightens up a bit yeah. now. I mean, they're they're not sitting pretty, but I wouldn't 100 percent count them out to make a bowl. No, you can't count them out yet. Yeah. How are you feeling about Iowa's chances overall, though, at the West at this point? Yeah, I mean, 
in the end, um, maybe it, like okay, you know, trying to look glass half full, even though you you know you you get dragged down to the glass half empty, mm-hmm. but trying to look half full, we got the win. Iowa got the win. the The season would have snowballed away if you lose three in a row. By the sure. way, what happened last year with Iowa? Things were looking good, snowballed like that. Okay, mm-hmm. that didn't happen here. After two tough losses against two what I think are pretty darn good teams. They look sloppy, but found a way to win against a, a tough team. Sure, you, you take the win. Oh, you take the Obviously, win. things Absolutely. transpired after that to to give you hope, and you try to get better. I don't know. You know, at the end of the game, there when they kind of needed some yards to put it away, Iowa was able to get them. Fine, and then, and then you're like, well, why couldn't they do this earlier? We don't know, Kurt. It was amazing. We don't know. <laughs> it was really really strange. All right, with the win, Iowa moves to 5 and 2. Purdue, they're on the other side. They fall to 2 and 5. So after that game, you're traveling through another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. Your next stop, the Twilight Zone. Whoa, Illinois, 24, Wisconsin, 23, Illinois, 315 yards of total offense. The Badgers with 420. Um, Wow. I'm not sure where to start. If you look down the stats, other than turnovers, you'd say, well, Wisconsin won this game fairly easily, probably. Uh, Jack Cohn, a Jack Cohn, 23 of, excuse me, 24 of 32, high completion percentage, mm-hmm. 264 yards, a touchdown, but a pick. One big pick. Jonathan Taylor, 28 carries, 132 yards, a touchdown, but. But one big fumble. So, I mean, just, I'm just going to reset it quick, right? Okay. Real quick. Okay. So, start the game out. The Badgers go right down the right field. Right down the field. Like, just Swiss how cheese. you thought it would yep. look. Seven nothing Badgers. Yep. Uh, I was so mostly then, watching the Iowa Purdue game. By the <laughs> well, way, well, and I'm sure I had, I had it. I had Illinois on the small screen. I'm sure a lot of people were kind of like that. I I was obviously this was in the 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 second place in the toggle for the eleven o'clock a.m. games for me. Um, then all of a sudden I toggle back. It's still seven nothing. Toggle back. Okay, it's ten to nothing. All of a sudden it's like wait. We're, we're a little deep into the second quarter here. All of a sudden, boom, big play in the passing game. Yep. You're going to have to tell me the name of the receiver because. He met or baby? No, the first touchdown. Oh, Donnie Navarro. The yes. first one that he. Okay, so he's a walk on. Yeah. He is from Nequa Valley High School, same high school as Mike Dudek. Okay. He went to Valparaiso because nobody, no Power Five guys wanted him. Okay. Went to Valpo, had a great Valpo. freshman year, transferred, sat out last year, and so he's, he's currently a walk on. Well, right now. we pray for his ACLs. If uh, yes, he's got- <laughs> I hope so. So just like that, ten to seven, and then okay. Well, Wisconsin wakes up. They rip off a couple scores. Now it's twenty to seven. We're getting into the third quarter, but it's like, hey, that was a nice little You're punch thinking, back. Well, at for- least we're gonna cover, probably. Yeah, I mean, and you know, people are ah, man, I should have took the under in Illinois and the points. Yeah. Really looking good. Boom. Reggie Corbin busts off a, what, 40, 50 yarder. He has about 42, I want to say. And Reggie has not been having the season that he wanted to have, right? But big big, big play for him there, obviously. Well, big play from there. But he was really struggling up to this point of the season. Like, right. He was privately, like, really suffering. Okay. And, like, you know, big had, having convos with his, with his roommates about how down he was. And then that big play happened, which... And, and he, the whole, he gave the day. he gave a big halftime speech that inspired everybody too supposedly. Okay. So they so he, inspirational uh, uh, play gets uh, the game to twenty to fourteen, but then Wisconsin kicks a field goal, makes it twenty three to fourteen. Um, the game is kind of in for the most part being controlled by Wisconsin's yeah, defense, I, I think- and then boom. Another big play, Peters to a matter baby, matter baby, and just like that, it's twenty three to twenty. And let's not forget the long pass to a matter baby that was negated by a, a, a down lineman field. downfield. Yep, which, which happened like four times this Saturday, by the way. I saw it several times. Isn't it amazing how they they'll yeah. just let that play go all game and then just decide, eh, eh I'm gonna we're, throw we're gonna that. call it this time. 
But then the game, we're winding the game down. Wisconsin is doing what Wisconsin does. Um, I'm looking at the the game through the eyes of my podcast partner. I don't think I'm crapping on you when I say, like, I've watched Illinois games with you before. And, like, well, we're, we'll find a way to Oh, people lose were this DMing game. me, texting me, and I'm just like, well, they're not going to win the game. It's yeah, enough already. Right. Just stop. Then yes, they played well, but out of nowhere, a lurking Tony Adams yes. drops back in the zone, reads Cone like a book. Huge interception. Who, by the way, so they flipped him from safety to corner for this game. Okay, and he was getting burned on that play all day long. Finally, got a little coaching and got her. Huh? Yes, he did. So all of a sudden, just like that, we got about don't correct me too much, but two minutes in the game or somewhere around there. And Illinois takes the ball, but they got to get some yards here. They got to, and they there was no urgency from the coaching staff. No, just the, letting the, the clock run. And I am like, this is how we're going to lose this game, right? But then uh, big run by running back, not uh, Dre not Brown. Dre Brown. Oh God, I'm so happy. I'm going to list out everyone I'm happy for. Sure. He's one of them because he's basically the Mike Dudek of the running back room. Okay, okay? he was a four star guy out of DeKalb High School, the Barb's DeKalb Barb's. That's where barbed wire was invented for all you. <laughs> History okay, buffs out great. there. Uh, came to Illinois, blew out his ACL his first year, rehabbed, blew out his other ACL the next year. So him and Dudek rehabbed together for two straight years. So they became buddies. And then his third year was never quite healthy. And then last year you started seeing flashes. Like he was starting to get – like actually he was starting to get 100%, and he's 100% now, and it shows. I mean, he – not only is he big and strong, he's fast too. And he had that run at the end of Huge the game. Play. Where, oh my getting god! Getting away from defenders, getting them into a much more manageable much more range. Manageable. And then my final thought is that oh my gosh, Kurt has mushed himself the most. Why? Because what has Kurt uh, bragged up on this podcast? On yes, Twitter. <laughs> special in <teams>. general conversation. <laughs> I was special teams, and I'm like. <laughs> Oh my God! They're gonna miss a chip shot field goal, and Kurt's gonna be like, "The one thing, the <laughs> one thing that I felt confident had to come through." But so, the so kicker, me, oh, J- James McCourt. We'll get to him. Um, so when they were, marching, you're in my brain. By the way, I was watching that whole last yeah, couple minutes in the game. That's pretty much exactly what I was thinking. But the, as we were getting closer, once it got up to whatever it was, a 37 yarder, I actually had this weird feeling of calm. I'm like, James, gonna he's going to nail this. He's going to nail it. I know he's going to. And I have uh, YouTube TV, so I'm like two minutes behind standard oh, cable. Yeah. And my phone was blowing up. So I kind of, I'm like, I think he made it. I think he, he made must it. have made it. Yeah. And But I waited. I, I didn't pick up my phone. So James McCourt, I, here, I'm wondering if this is what did it. He is from Ireland. He's Irish. You got to get this an is the Australian or English yeah. or you but know But what I'm European trying to say country. is we have the. The Nebraska-Illinois game moving to Ireland in two years. Oh, okay. The luck of the Irish came through for us. Already? Yes. Is he a sophomore by chance? He's a junior. Oh, so he won't be making the trip to Ireland. No, no he'll be he'll be gone, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. All right. So, obviously, we'll talk a little bit more on this in the end. So, I my thought process is there's probably not a ton of Badger fans listening to this podcast because typically no. after a loss like that, you just give up on life, let alone listen to Big Ten We don't have to talk about the podcast. Well, we will at the end. Okay. Um, just to go through a couple things on a on an article that I read. But okay. in the end, obviously a, a rough, rough day for the Badgers. A great day for Illinois. Win moves them to three and four with a re-energized chance yeah. to make a bowl game. I mean, it's there's a chance. There's three there's winnable games on this, on the schedule left. Yep. So maybe if maybe they turn a corner, maybe they can win those three games and go. I want to remind everybody. Remember the preseason projections? Yes. I I this I called now Saturday. <laughs> you you I would, laughed at yourself <laughs> on did. the last podcast I for did. calling it. I did, but I want to say I want to remind everyone I called this. I was talking to a Gopher fan yesterday, and he was congratulating me. I said, well, you know, preseason, I actually predicted this win. And he goes, well, why is that? And I said, well, it's the trappiest of trap games. Yeah. Just look at it. Like, And it was. They, they got you, can't, you can't tell me that didn't play into Oh, that Badgers. played in huge. Yep. I mean, 32-point favorite, going yep. on the road after five home games. Yep. You got Ohio State looming on the schedule. They were looking way ahead. Yep. Right? Yeah. This is the biggest upset in program history. The second biggest upset in Big Ten history by point spread. for Between bo- two Big Ten Bet- teams. Two, between two Big Ten really? teams. Really? Okay. Only 
uh, Northwestern beat Minnesota in 1982. They were 32-point dogs. Wow. And Illinois was, I think they finished at 30 and a half or something like that. Um, the defensive line play, I got I don't know where that came from. Yep. Like, I'm not saying they were dominating the Badgers. They weren't dominating, but they were hanging in there. They were hanging on both sides of the line with the Badgers, which not many. To, and the other thing, they've had some injuries. Batiku went out in this game. They were shuffling guys around all over the place on the defensive line. And I don't know, maybe they came up with the formula finally. Maybe. They were playing great on the defensive line. I also said before this that Illinois does play better if you're someone's just coming straight at you. Yeah, like true. Pro-style quarterback, no dual threat. So that that played in here. Um, the offense still was struggling. I mean, well, they scored 24 points, right? That's a lot on Wisconsin. Wisconsin that's, like, that's, up, like, that's like 48 on most teams. Right, so Wisconsin had given up 29 on the season. They gave up 24. But there's times, you know, they were still struggling. The defense was carrying the team. Which is, I mean, that we haven't seen that at all Correct. in the Lovey area. Right. Era. It's amazing. Um, that, oh, okay, got to bring, bring up this guy's name. Devin Witherspoon, number 31, okay? This guy, so he got beat pretty bad on this pass play, long pass play, but he did not give up, and he chased that guy down and tackled him at, like, the, I don't know, three-yard line or something like that, and then the defense held and forced a field goal. I mean, that... There were so many one plays that would have changed this game. That was one of Devin Witherspoon has only been on this team since the eighth practice of camp. Wow. He he was stories a non, everywhere. He was a non qualifier. Finally got his SAT scores. Illinois called him up, said we want you. Get here as soon as you can. Here, here he play. is. He's starting. Right. I mean, just people stepping up all over the place. You know that long Bay Bay pass. We we talked about that. They didn't crumble after that. You know there's. I will say for this team, they're mentally stronger than they've been in, in years past. Um, in terms of who I'm happy for, just all, a lot of those players that I've just been, they've, they've been working so hard and not getting reward. I'm so happy for them. The student section, when, when the ball went through the uprights, yep. and they just freaking exploded. They did. And uh, to give them credit, that student section was basically packed. Yeah. And this is the smallest homecoming crowd probably in in illinois history so i'm i'm thanking those thirty-seven thousand fans that showed up they deserve this victory james mccourt named him dre brown um jake hansen had a great game they were playing jump around did you hear that Saw that that was awesome um and i i don't want to rub it in to wisconsin fans that's not what i'm trying to do here but it was so it was such a good feeling to see the other team dejected and walking off the field finally it finally wasn't us. Well, you just named off a lot of players you're happy for. Me, I'm happy for my buddy, Big Curry. I appreciate that, man. Well, with the win, again, we'll reset it. Illinois moves to 3-8-4. and four. Wisconsin drops to 6-1. and one. All right, that moves us into our two afternoon games. Minnesota 42, Rutgers 7 the Gophers with 443 yards of total offense. The hapless Knights at 189. And hey, why not? Let's add three turnovers to the mix as well. <laughs> hapless indeed. Well, the Gophers took care of the hardest part of this game, which was making the trip to Jersey. Pretty much. And they got off the bus. Yeah. And that's all it really took. And they presumably flew back out and, res and landed safely in Minneapolis. And that's just the toughest part. I mean, I feel like... <laughs> I feel like I pretty much nailed this game. Um, this frustratingly went over the uh, 48 mm. um, because it was what I thought. Minnesota yeah. was a tad disinterested in this game. Yeah, it took them a, a missed while. field goal at the end of the half, left it 14 to nothing. Um, not that Minnesota was like having issues moving the ball. They just weren't. They just weren't. Firing out of their stance, to use a football term. They they were flat. They came out flat. We talked about that in the, the preview cast. Um, let's congratulate the first place Minnesota Minnesota Golden Gophers in yeah. the West. Yeah, we'll get to that at the end. But, um, um, I mean, the game itself was just – it was pretty much what you expected, mm -hmm. right? I mean, the 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 hapless Knights – that's just it. That's what I'm calling them the rest of the year. <laughs> They're not the Rutgers Knights. No, they're the hapless they're Knights. They're the hapless Knights. I love it. Um, they, I mean, obviously they struggled to do anything. The hilarity was that they carried one yard of passing 
one yard of passing deep into the third quarter. Was it? Was it, it was into, into the, the second third? half? Okay. It was into the second half. Well, they still didn't break fifty yards passing by <laughs> no. the quarterback. No, so that's ten that, that's, times that streaks alive. Ten times since twenty sixteen that they've had a quarterback not break the fifty yard barrier. Insane, unbelievable. Um, I mean, this is a pretty good Minnesota defense. It's not hold you under fifty yards passing good. No, but any defense no. just might be good enough to hold the hapless Knights under 50 yards of passing. Uh, my apologies to go for nation too. Cause I tweeted something out about the shutout and then Oof. the hapless Knights scored at the yeah. very end there. So that well, was I'm, my fault. Guys. I'm upset too. That's what got it. That's what went over. That was my fault. Cause it was 42 to nothing at that point. Tanner Morgan. He looked a little off. He wasn't on his a game 15 of 28, 245 yards. However, three touchdowns, Rodney Smith, Mo. Muhammad Ibrahim, they combined for 173 yards and three tutties. Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bates- mm. Bateman combined for 10 catches, 202 yards, and two tutties. And Rashad Bateman had one of the sickest catches you know, of the entire year. I'm in not this saying game. that Bateman is the best wide receiver in the Big Ten. But he's in that conversation. He is definitely point. in the conversation. I mean, you just have to get it anywhere near the guy. He doesn't even need two hands. Nope. He just throws one paw up there and, and comes he's, down. And uh, he's kind of the effortless type he of is, receiver. Yeah. Um, not that Tyler Johnson doesn't make things look smooth, but long story short, this was pretty much what we expected out of this game, and that's pretty much what happened. Uh, the biggest thing that I want to make sure I point out is it was an awesome scene at the end of the game. Four-time cancer survivor Casey O'Brien got on the field, held for a PAT. Yeah, that was cool. Um, cool awesome. moment with, with Coach Fleck, Yep, too, with him and Fleck, too, so awesome for them. And the uh, only bad thing is Kamal Martin pretty much got yeah. carted off the field, and we're not real sure about that. So that was kind of the only gloomy thing to be taken from that game for so Gopher now, fans. You and I both know about the storied history of the Minnesota Golden Gophers football program. Did you know that this nine-game win streak they're on is the longest since 41-42? I heard that today. That just doesn't... Yeah, you would th- thought it I would be yeah. a little bit more. But it, the crazy thing is, is if you pour into the gopher, the rich gopher football history, those national championships, not very many of them came undefeated. Yeah. There was there was, there was, there was a lot of that back there. then. Yeah, you'd I finish mean, like five, two, and one, and you'd win the national championship. Yeah, things like that, so... Um, but yes, as we talked about before, uh, with the Gophers winning this game, the Badgers losing theirs, obviously Iowa, Nebraska, Illinois, certainly Northwestern, every other team in the division has dropped a game or two, which puts the Gophers all alone um, at, at top of the Big Ten West. They're they're ranked. They got a little yep. bump again today. It's also their first win as a ranked team. Well, it's like five years, I think. Okay, first win as a ranked team. Yeah, so. Um, you would have to go back to 2003 to find a gopher team, even in somewhat recent memory. That's as high, that, you know, it looked as good deep in the year like this, um, Ryan Cupido team, I yeah. believe, right? Oh yeah. Um, so there is of course a lot of discourse on Twitter because Twitter does what Twitter does, uh, poking fun at the gophers schedule. Yeah. I mean, they, um, they haven't played a I have I have not joined in on it simply no, because of the 2015 every- Iowa Hawkeyes where they went all the way to 12 and 0 and got picked apart nonstop and I remember how much uh, it annoyed the heck out of me Braden Gall that's when my hatred of Braden Gall <laughs> transpired because he just would sure. not let it go um, in the end you can only, I mean this is you know the go to phrase it just happens to be true you can only play the teams that are on your schedule that's right the Big Ten Conference is pretty much the one that makes your schedule, you know, outside of the three non-conference games. So there's not much they can do there. Um, Do I think that Minnesota has played a murderer's row? No, I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be either. Um, This is the best way I can describe it. Um, Teams like Boise State and uh, App State and, you know, UCF UCF, when they were like – their schedules probably don't even rank as high as what Minnesota's no, is I'm because sure it's don't. a you know group of five. To, so my whole thing is they deserve to be ranked that where they're at. They they are on top of the division for a reason. They have the most wins and least losses, zero losses. And anyways, long story short, it is what it is right now. Just let it, 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 it like let uh, Gopher fans enjoy it. Gopher yeah. fans enjoy it. Don't worry yeah, about just, what other just people ignore say. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um. And it, here 
here's what I will say about the Gophers is they're getting better. They they did not look great the first couple weeks of the season, and they have gotten much better since then. So, I mean, they've got Maryland coming up. They still got Northwestern in the schedule, and they got three tough games besides that. You, they could potentially go at least nine wins, ten wins even. Yeah. I, I mean, would say maybe more. I would say the basement that you would want Minnesota to wind up with would be eight and four. Right now, I would think you would at least have your heart set on nine and three. For I would Gophers. think so, but I, I I'd see them hitting double digits. Definitely could, at least not during the regular season in the bowl. So Minnesota, as we said, moved to seven and zero. Oh. I don't know, Rutgers isn't doing great. You know, okay, did you hear? The, did you hear our boy uh, Dominic DeCoco? <laughs> what he said, uh, Nunzo. That is. By the way. I don't. Th- we we speak on football uniforms a lot. Did you Did yeah. you see the coaches get ups for the Rutgers? They you know, kind of watching dr- the game. I don't remember what they were wearing. They though. they basically dressed in like cream color sweaters that was supposed to fit in with the. Oh big, yes, okay. It, 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 they were they were absolutely horrible. <laughs> I felt. But he said, I, even yet more dirt thrown on the hapless Knights' grave with those I'm gonna, football coaches. Okay, well I'm gonna throw a little more. I'm not sure this guy's head coaching material. He kind of he's just kind of like hanging out, saying yeah, things at press conferences. Yeah, no consequences. Just nah, throwing his players care. under the bus. Nah. He's, he was dumbfounded. He said that we can't uh, catch, block, or tackle. <laughs> well, yeah, it's true, but yeah. you probably don't usually are say you, those. Are things. you new around here? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that brings us to our last game of the afternoon: Indiana thirty-four, Maryland twenty-eight. The Hoosiers with 520 yards of total offense to the Terrapins, 383. You know, most weekends, this would by far have been the best Big Ten game of the weekend with these turd burgers that we've had pretty much all through September and October. This was one of several good games this weekend. Uh, But, man, Indiana, let's give the Hoosiers credit. They have found ways – in years past for games yes. just like this. Correct. For whatever reason. Especially on the road against a bad team. Right. This is a game they would have dropped. Correct. Before. And the other thing, too, there was adversity in this game. They were behind. They were they mm-hmm. got up. They were behind again. Then they got down by two scores. They lost their quarterback yes. in this game. Another tough thing. Backup comes in. I, I mean, th- when those things happen... And you pull the game out. That's called good coaching and sure. good culture for this program. Well, I think you got to give a nod to some depth too. In years past, they would have had a quarterback, and if that quarterback got injured, well, damn, coach, we lost. Not anymore. I yeah. mean, they have this stacked quarterback room. I know Peyton Ramsey catches a lot of crap from IU fans, but he's he's kind of like your your Tanner Morgan of the East. He's he's not flashy, but he's efficient, right? Yeah, I mean, I would take it even a step further. So so Michael Penix was 9 of 14, 141 yards, touchdown and a pick. Patrick Ramsey comes in 20 of 27. Yeah. I mean, that first of all, that's a lot of passing attempts total from the two quarterbacks. 193 yards, touchdown, no pick. Um, I think maybe, I mean, I, I, I've probably thrown this term out there a couple times, but as a, as a non-Hawkeye favorite guy in the Big Ten, Patrick Ramsey is definitely in the team picture. He's one of me. my favorites too. I mean, and and Tom Allen after the game gushed about Patrick Ramsey. Yeah, he did. Um, I would hope any Hoosier fans that are out there are that have, as you talked about, weren't happy with Patrick Ramsey over the time have are kind of you know thankful for him. Yeah, and I, thankful I, that he didn't. Hope just... they're eating crow here a little bit, like because if he left. Just like you talked, there would have been nobody there. But well, that's a, that, I mean, then, maybe Tuttle would come in and play maybe, well too. But, but we I, don't I, know that. We what don't we know. do know is Patrick Ramsey has a lot of, of game experience to yeah. come in, and and you got to give credit again back to Tom Allen because if Patrick Ramsey doesn't like the culture, the locker room, that's things right. like that, he's gone. There's no, there's been no transfer portal. He has stayed awesome to see. Tommy A is is uh, doing a good job with uh, with the roster and with player retention. Got to give him uh, credit there. This passing game is becoming legit, man. Legit. They had 280 yards in the first half. Now, they were, I know it's against the Maryland yep, passing that's defense, which is really bad, but, I mean, that's hard to do. 280 and a half. Yep. I don't care who you're playing. Westbrook had another big uh, night. Uh, Westbrook and Hale both yep. had touchdowns. Peyton Hendershot is coming on at tight end, man. Six catches, 95 yards. Stevie Scott's finally starting to starting to gain traction here. Um, five wins already. They're, yeah. they're one win away, and they got a, a number of winnable games left on the schedule. 
a, a couple DMs with some Hoosier fans. Um, you can tell they are a fan base being, you know, it's it's been a a tough, t- you know, run of it being a Hoosier fan. Sure. Um, probably not a lot of them have. Uh, uh, it's deep in the memory banks from 1993, the last time they had, you know, a really good team like this. But as a as a quasi Hoosier fan, I mean, you know, not n- nowhere any close to the level not, of Hoosier not fan like you me. are. Yeah, yeah. I, I would I would expect eight wins at this point. I They're, think so. You you look ahead to their schedule. I mean, yes, eight 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 wins is is there. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is got to get to the bowl game first. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, first. let's get six first. I mean, they'll have a shot at this this week but man i am just i'm just really impressed with indiana flipping over to the other side it's kind of looked like now the same maryland team for the last couple weeks which is they they can still bust off some good runs yeah. on, and plays on offense so they they still have that ability 186 yards rushing i'm sorry 173 yards rushing for the terps and mostly that's just done by they they finally scheme you and and get you um, to me, the offensive line just isn't good enough to, to just shut people down. Uh, Pigram 17 of 27 or 17 of tw- yeah, 17 of 27, 210 yards, two touchdowns and a pick, but like that it, pick it was killer. Though. It was a killer. That's pick. what happens with piggy. Like he does it. He he'll be doing great. You're feeling confident. He's moving the ball, and then he makes a big mistake. He yeah. always makes a big mistake. Yeah, and I think as a defensive coordinator, the thought process is to just continually put pressure on the running game, on the quarterback, because he'll probably serve one up for yep. you. Uh, sometimes he'll just kind of he'll just get lost out there for a while and just not have a very accurate day. It's it's kind of an offense that's playing with one hand tied behind his back to a certain degree, and I think the defense is playing with. Two hands, hands and a leg tied behind their backs. Yeah, that pass defense is just brutal, yeah. atrocious, yeah. awful. Running game's legit. They just need a defense. That's what this team needs. They need Josh Jackson back. Um, speaking of defense, the the, the Hoosier cornerbacks, man, Taylor, uh, uh, Reese Taylor, Taiwan Mullins, they have two really good cornerbacks. But yet, this isn't an imposing Hoosier defense no, by I wouldn't any means. Say there's, there's a lot of work that needs to happen on this. Yeah. Hoosier I mean, defense. they gave up 383 yards, uh, 210 passing 173 rushing. Yeah. They need to clean it up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it seems to me that it's pretty obvious now that if the Hoosiers fail to get to that seven, eight win plateau, heaven forbid a bowl, yeah. it's going to be because of their defense. Yes. That's, that's what it feels like. Absolutely. Me. I mean, their, their offense looks great. But with the big win, the Hoosiers move to five and two. Maryland falls to three and four. It is getting tougher and tougher for them to that think about making. Does not look good. No, it gets much harder for Maryland. All right, that got us to our one evening game, which was the Big Ten game of the week. A game that did not disappoint, in my mind. Penn State twenty-eight, Michigan twenty-one. Hmm. Listen to this stat line. Nittany Lions with 283 yards of total offense to the Wolverines, 417. Yeah, um, yeah go for it. What do you think? Well, first of all, wideout. Oh, man, I just love watching that wideout. That is one of the coolest things in college football. It is and a can, is there vibrant a, scene. There, there aren't many better scenes in college football. No. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. Death Valley yep. is good. What else? We, talk, we talked about the whiteout in Death Valley. When Kirk Herbstreit got on the camera, he said the first two uh, uh, venues for him are whiteout and Death Valley. And he, I think those two just kind of stand out. I mean, that, that's the general thought process. Yeah, the, it, the two best. So sure. in this game, uh, pretty interesting. Penn State jumps right out to a 21 to nothing lead. Almost seemed like they were just going to kind of run away with yeah, it. The it did. The let's uh, uh, attack Harbaugh and the Harbaugh, you know, tenure was in full go. But then they stormed back, you know, did, 20, yeah. 21 to 7. Then it got to 28 to 21. And then they had a chance to tie that game late in the game. Boy. So it, it, it wound up being, I think, an entertaining game. All throughout. Oh, I thought it was entertaining. Absolutely, but it's weird looking at the stat line yeah. to think that Penn State won this game. That if you just I, look, I would say two stats. things. Yeah, I would say two things. It's it's weird to look at the stat line and think that Penn State won it. The other thing is it's weird to look at the stat line and think that's all the yards Penn State. I know because it, it seemed like, like they were breaking these big plays. But that's it. 
But that's that, the, that's all they had was that, big plays. That was that it. was it. Yeah, they had the big, uh, you know, the first touchdown to to Fryermuth, the the tight end, and then basically it was just KJ Hamler busting off big plays. Um, like I said in last week's podcast, when I saw that guy uh, last week in Kinnick, every time I watched him go into motion and do something, you know. Parts of me would pucker up a little yeah. bit because he makes me nervous. I tell you one thing: there's a couple Michigan DBs that are thinking the same thing well, when they were flying back home because that guy torches you. Yeah. So here's what I took from this game. This is why Penn State won because Penn State's got the dogs. Correct. That they just like Fryermuth. He's uncoverable. He's 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 going to win that one against Khalid Hudson thing with, every same time. Same thing with the human joints. KJ Hamler is uncoverable. They don't have Michigan doesn't have the speed to keep up with Penn State. No, well, I, not too many people do. Not too many um, people do. And then and that's not disparaging Michigan. Obviously, a very talented team, but I just think Penn State was noticeably more gifted. I would say so. The other thing I'd like to point out is Ricky Ronnie, the offensive coordinator by Penn State. Um, I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to know what type of game plan you have to have versus Michigan. You need to take shots. Here's the deal, though. You need to hit those shots, mm-hmm. and they hit them. Yeah, they and, hit I mean, I, you know, that's a that's a thing. Like, and which gets back to what you said. You got to have the ponies on the outside to make the plays. Yeah. Then you got to have a quarterback that knows the the pressure is coming and can deliver a ball. Sean Clifford is a confident human being. Yes, he is. He is confident in his abilities. He is confident in his team. That showed to me last week when he was on the ground. He did have a rushing uh, touchdown this week, but when he had to make the throws, when Ricky Ronnie dialed him up, homie put the ball where it needed to go. So he's clutch. Speaking of Sean Clifford, here was his quote. So that what I mentioned there about them having the dogs, that's that was my feeling at the end of the game. And then his quote was, I know KJ's fast enough to get to that weakness in their D every single time. Yes. Which is exactly what. And happened. when you have that confidence in your receivers, you tend to play a little bit more confident, and yeah. that's what you see out of this. This offense still hasn't hit its peak in no, games I like think this. So. To me, um, there was flashes in the running game, but that still, still is their Achilles. It yeah. just they they just can't seem to you know what I could see it hurting them down the stretch, and down the stretch you would think it would probably be Penn State, right? I mean that's what we're looking at. Um, it would be if they're up in a game and they need to run out the clock and mm-hmm. put it away, not having that running attack, that would be yeah. where I could see it happening. Um, back to Michigan, or to, to say anything about Michigan, this kind of was the Sean and Shea show. Uh, a little bit, I yeah. mean, it was pretty much the quarterbacks make the – you have got to give – if you had to pick one of those two quarterbacks, Clifford's the guy. Clifford's the guy. But Shea Patterson, 24 of 41, 276 yards – uh, th- uh, 34 yards on the ground, touchdown on the ground. He willed that team to stay in that game. He I'm did. going to give Shea Patterson some credit here because he deserved it. There was big throws that he had to make. Um, the Penn State front seven was all over him in this game, mm-hmm. and he got out of pressure a lot and got it all the way to 28 to 21 and got out of you know the muck and the pressure and. He threw a ball, and it was just a crucial drop by Ronnie Bell. Yeah. The play was there. It was there. It he made the, game. the play on his end. I mean, I'll tell you what. Anybody that's out there like going personally at Ronnie Bell, just crawl into a hole and die. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm no Michigan fan, right. but like, I how, how many times have you, Mister Twitter, you know, handled big big dude one six nine or whatever your freaking Twitter handle. How many times you've been in front of 110,000 people right. trying to do anything, let alone catch a football, yeah. nothing because you're a loser. Go back in your mom's basement. And the guy's and shut up. 20 years old. Of course. But I mean, yeah, I mean, so I feel bad for the guy, but the fact of the matter is that that play was there in Michigan for whatever reason, the last several years, those plays. Yeah. Just like that. They haven't made them. Nope. They give up big plays. The interception by Pache. I know he had a good game, but that was that was a killer. And then the drop. But the running back fell down in that play. That was not that was not true. A okay, Patterson. good point. Yeah. Um. But speaking about Michigan, their offensive line I thought came to play. Yep. Running running game. Is, Both offenses is, is, for the most part did like this went over 
Um, most people thought this was going to be like a 17, 14, 20 to 17 type. Yeah. I mean, we got pretty close to that, but I felt like there was more pop and fire on the TV screen than what a lot of people were expecting. Yeah, but the Michigan offensive line has been catching a lot of crap this year. I just think they're improving. Um, defense came to play in the second half for sure. Yeah. I mean, they didn't play great in the first half necessarily, but you know, they only got seven points in the second half. Yeah. So. yeah. But in the end, great game. Definitely kept my attention for the last game of the night. And I might have been a little intoxicated watching this one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, I would I would have been disappointed if you weren't yes. at that point. And I'm sorry, it's like to publicly state I tried to get out to enjoy the evening with you. But, you know, there's responsibilities right. that I have. So with the I, win. I found a way to enjoy it anyway. Good. That's good to hear. With the win, Penn State moves to 7-0. and Michigan False, what I think is accurately stated as a disappointing five and two. So, um, end the podcast on, I don't know, a little bit of a rant back and forth, but okay. essentially Heather Dinich put oh, out, yeah. I yeah. mean, an, a, an article that said, you know, she's a Hoosier. Is she really? She's a Hoosier. She should start acting like it then. Exactly. Essentially the article said the headline was Wisconsin's loss and how it damages the big tens. Right chances to make the playoff so you know i don't exactly know what the what the numbers would be but i mean going into the weekend i don't know what wisconsin's chances were to make the college football playoffs or win the college football playoffs very very low to mm -hmm. win i mean they had a i'm just making the stuff up right but three percent chance to win the college football playoff sure. and now maybe they have a one and a half percent chance to win mm -hmm. maybe they had a 12 percent chance to make the playoffs now it's a six percent you know what i mean sure. like has anything really changed that much no i don't think so i don't think so um the uh uh big 10 still has three teams that are undefeated in the conference and what's mind-boggling to me is everybody's just it's just boiled down to Ohio State to them. That's it. That's that's sure. all they're talking about. Um, Penn State is ranked number six in the country, mm -hmm. is undefeated, Yeah, plays in the Big Ten East, mm -hmm. is pretty much a blue blood. Yes. They are just as much of a playoff contender as Alabama, yeah. LSU, Absolutely. Oklahoma. Yes. What in the world would make her write this article that is talking about how Wisconsin losing the, this game has this big overarching issue on on the Big Ten conference making well, the college football playoff? She also tweeted when Georgia lost that this doesn't damage correct the SEC. Yeah, at all. I didn't even yeah. So and then you look at the Which SEC was last week, by the way. Right. You <laughs> look at ago. you look at the SEC. There isn't one team in the entire East that doesn't have a loss. Mm -hmm. So right there, if you're comparing the Big Ten and, or uh, uh, SEC East to the Big Ten West, well, just a, just a couple hours ago, the Big Ten West had two undefeated teams. Okay, they're down to one with Minnesota. Right. Then you compare the uh, Big Ten East to the SEC West. Two Blue Bloods, right? Ohio State, Penn State, yep. both undefeated, sitting at 7-0. Huh, SEC Alabama seven and zero, LSU seven and zero. So it's almost like the Big Ten has three undefeated teams and the SEC has two. Right. But somehow Heather Dinich and the people at the Four Letter Network think the SEC is sitting so much better because boy, we better get that propaganda up and running, huh? I it, it never ceases to amaze me just how blatantly open ESPN is with their it's their, sickening their uh their bias towards the SEC Paul Feinbaum said you know if Minnesota wins out they could make the college football playoff it's like no they would they make, would make yes. it they, they would have wins over first of all they'd be 13 and 0 and right. have won the Big Ten right with wins over Iowa Wisconsin Penn State and presumably Ohio a 12 State and 0 or 11 yeah. 1 Ohio State right you're you're going do I think that's going to happen? No, I'm sorry, Gopher fans. I don't. I don't see that happen. But the fact of the matter is, if it was South Carolina, oh, that they, they well, you know what I mean, sitting at, be, sitting oh, at, they're in. That's, that's how. And they, I, I mean, where would a, you know, situation is the exact same. I mean, South Carolina didn't start off the year high, highly ranked or thought of like that. If yep. they were sitting just like the Gophers would be, they would be in the top ten for sure. Oh, and everyone would be pumping them up. Of course. I mean, it's Absolutely. just it's the stupidest thing. See it all the time. It's just what they do. That is what they do. So it, 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 one more thing, but like sure. Penn State, like 
how are they doing this? They are still considered under the radar. They are. Like in that nobody's giving them credit. In that uh article itself, it talked more about Ohio State and Wisconsin. And then it got down to Penn State. Wow. I, I it's it's insane. That's strange. I, I mean, know. Penn State controls their own destiny. One hundred percent control yeah. their own destiny. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <sighs> All right, moving on to the SaturdayTradition.com power rankings for the Big Ten from Dustin Shooty at Shooty CFB. At the bottom, the hapless Rutgers Knights. They the- opened up four point dogs to Liberty. Oh, did they really? They're four point dogs, to Liberty. Oh Lord, we're we're sticking with this hapless theme. The hapless knights. They're in their own they're in their own level. I'm assuming that's at home, right? Yes. Oh Lord. They're not going to Liberty. Oh Lord. A Big Ten team is a four point dog at home to Liberty. I don't even know where Liberty is. Neither do I. I just know that it is not in a location that should be a four point win, four point favorite over a Big Ten team. Holy crap. Well so the hapless knights are in yeah. their own category. Yep. At thirteen Maryland Terrapins. Yep. Twelve Northwestern Wildcats. Eleven Purdue Boilermakers. At 10, Illinois. How do you and feel about Illinois I would, at 10? I, I would put all of those four teams in their own grouping right there. The Maryland, Northwestern, Purdue, Illinois? Yeah. Put um, those guys together? Yeah. Um, I would probably move Purdue ahead of Illinois. That's kind of how I feel, too. Um, but it, I, but at the same time, they just beat Wisconsin, so you got to give them credit for that. I agree. And so. they're 3-4 and four versus 2-5 and five for yep. Purdue. Yep. So understand having them 10th. 100%. At 9, Nebraska. 8, Indiana. Seven Michigan State, six Iowa. You you know what I would do? I would move Indiana up in front of Michigan State. Well, you can't really do that, no, can you? Because they, they lost them. to them. It's tough. I mean, it's like in that vernacular, I feel like Indiana kind of is getting screwed there a little bit. Like little. it seems too low for them. But then you look at the teams in front of them, and you can't yeah. really pick out lost where they're to get Michigan in front State. Of them. They're yeah. probably not quite as good as Iowa. So at five is Michigan, yeah, which I think is fair. Up to four, Minnesota Golden, which Gophers, they deserve, which they deserve, and then three, Wisconsin. I would put those three teams grouped together right there. Yes, I th- Michigan, I think you're right. Minnesota, and Wisconsin. Yep, I yep. agree with that. And then of course the top two, Penn State at two, and Ohio State of course one. And I would put Penn State in their own category. Yes, and Ohio State, I would as well. Jupiter, right? What was that? Uh, I think they're uh, the Ohio State's Neptune. They're Neptune. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I guess Penn State's Saturn. Yeah, so I don't have really any gigantic issue with those rankings. I think they're pretty straightforward. Yeah, um, great job by Dustin. I'm assuming when he starts that list, he puts Ohio State 1 and Rutgers 4, and then he just starts re-ranking. 14, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or 14, excuse me. Yeah, so speaking of movies, though, saw The Joker last yeah. night. Yeah. Oh, man. It looks good. It is fantastic. You know, it's like, you know what I keep thinking? I mean, I love I love my comic book movies, shows, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I can't wait to watch that. Uh, obviously, it's not going to be one that I believe I'll be watching with my four-year-old anytime, no, so I'm just going to make not. the assumption. Um, but what I keep thinking about is... Um, so when uh, Heath Ledger played the Joker and sure. did an amazing job that uh, they think he got so engulfed in the role as a method actor that mm-hmm. it might have had something to do with his downward spiral and death. Uh, Jack Nicholson said that publicly you have to watch out when you're playing that role. If you get yourself deep into it, uh-huh. it can happen. Luckily, Joaquin Phoenix is already He's so already crazy. <laughs> I tell you, he lost the- so much weight for this role. Like, they show him with his shirt off, and he is skin and bones. Yeah. He looks like, uh, did you ever see The Machinist? Yes. He looks like Christian Bale from Machinist. Yeah. But just great acting, great story, great job doing, putting it into the period. And what I've heard is, like, you believe it is something that, like, could happen in real life. Absolutely. Yeah. I I don't want to go too deep into it, but it's, oh, just go see it. That's all I can say. I want to see it soon. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, man. Well, that was a fun podcast. I was, oh. I was I couldn't wait to get you to the downstairs athletic club so we could talk. Yeah, I'm still on a high, man. You should. That be. was just an awesome day. It was, and it was an awesome day just for college football. I felt like there was a lot of good games. At the end of the day, um, I had had some spirits of my own soak into my bloodstream, uh-huh. so I was tweeting out thanks for being a college football sure. fan yep. along with I me to a tweet, bunch yeah. of my. Twitter people, I kept tagging people. And then, of course, 
you know, the old saying, uh, uh, the road, to, I don't know, I might not say this correctly, but the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Okay. And I just missed like five or six people that I didn't okay. tag and they gotcha. just got pissed off at me. Like, what's nice. the deal, man? So for all of you out there that were a part of that, but I forgot to tag you, I sincerely apologize. Well, I saw somebody flip you off. Yeah. That, that was my, <laughs> that was, that was my uh, Buckeye insider. So, oh, okay. That's yeah. the Buckeye guy. Yeah, um, there was a couple more DMs like, what's the deal, man? So yeah. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. So, um, one more thing okay. about the Illinois the victory yeah. is that they were everywhere. Like, you know, everywhere you'd go, every TV you'd look at was James McCourt's face. Yes. It was. Yeah. It, it's just something that I'm not used to. In his and then fan. An- another one, too. I don't know if you saw this, but have you seen it? It was all around Twitter just this week. And it's a it was like a white little toy dog. And its head is just yeah, bouncing yeah, to jump around. Thing. Some Illinois handle retweeted it with just said, Illini mood and it was just awesome. that I mean it was just everywhere you looked on Twitter oh, was Illinois fans just saying and basically the the general feeling I got was you know maybe we're not going to go to a ball maybe this is it for this year but right. screw you guys this is a blast and I'm going to enjoy it that's pretty much how we feel yeah but like I even turned on sports center I never watch ESPN right. I never watch any like college final I don't watch any of those shows I watched all of them just sure. to That's see what you do. Illinois. Inject it straight in your veins. Oh, it was great. All right, man. Happy for you. Uh, this is the Eyes on Big Podcast. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Mush. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>